3: You want experience during your football season? Well, buckle up, sweet cheeks. That's all We've got all the experience in the world. This is I Want Your Flex with Dan Beyer and Mike Harmon. Mike and Dan break down everything you need to set your lineups. From position rankings to starts and sits, the guys help you make those hard decisions. And now... Let's get your flex on. Here's Dan Beyer and Mike Harmon. It's
0: another episode of the I Want Your Flex podcast. Find Mike Harmon on Twitter, at Swollen Dome. You still can't find me on Twitter because I'm still hacked, Harmon. That is still no. the problem. Yes. At Dan Beyer you on have Fox. To pay out? At the time of this taping, um, I am out of pocket nothing. I uh, mm. but, but there is hope. There is hope that I possibly could get the Twitter account back. We have, uh, we've made one step it's, but it's been more than we've had in the last week. Well, so maybe in due time, uh, at the time of this taping, we'll get a Twitter, uh, Twitter handle back. But,
4: uh, well, it, as the late great Ed Farmer used to say, Dan, uh, when the white Sox would be down in the late innings, the long road begins with that first step. <laughs> it's not his, it's not original. It's an old <laughs> proverb from many, many cultures, but he co-opted it and I'm going to give him credit. Damn it. Uh, before, yeah. It's
0: great when you add followers when you're hacked, because usually it's the <laughs> other way around. Uh, th- this is fun. We've been doing this with the podcast, and I'm excited for the guest that's joining us today, because he's joined us throughout the years. Mike, you've known him for a long time as well. Good buddy, CEO at Guillotine Leagues. Here I'm on K-Fan and the Twin Cities Fantasy Football Weekly podcast, his chop podcast. Paul Charchian joins us here on I Want Your Flex. Charch, great to talk to you again. How are you? Oh,
5: my Twitter account is in excellent shape, let me tell you. Um, <laughs> that it's, makes it's two of you. It's <laughs> with followers and, and live activity
0: it is uh it, it has been a bit of a it, it has been a bit of a headache but it's not like I send good tweets out anyway so who really cares like, no, <laughs> no, one, no no one is noticed by the way that's how you know that that you're you're meaningless no one is noticed no one has <laughs> said hey you know what's up I I haven't seen any witty comments from you lately or why did you like this post that's just gone completely unnoticed by everyone else except me. <laughs> I, uh.
5: I think I could sooner lose an arm than my Twitter account. This would be it would be very very hard for me. That's, oh. uh, you know what else am I supposed to do in the bathroom? It's that key <laughs> oh, component.
0: Uh so so true. All right, get Charchian on Twitter at Paul Charchian. Uh, I want to start off with this. Are are you are are you full Armenian? Are you half Armenian? The reason I ask um, is. I grew up in North Central Wisconsin. I really didn't know much about Armenia. Uh, you know, forty some years later, I'm married to an Armenian woman. So I am uh-huh. curious on your background. So are you are you full Armenian? What's what's the nationality? What do we got here?
5: Yeah, well, uh, I am half Armenian. Dad's okay. half. All um, right. My dad's parents um, and extended family all uh, escaped the genocide. Sure. And so uh, you know, fled to America. Um, some through Canada. Ended up in New York and. My dad grew up in uh, grew up in New York, you know, it's uh, it's kind of your traditional sort of Ellis Island story and uh he ended up married to um married to a woman from Minnesota who was not Armenian much to the chagrin of
4: of the family, yes. But,
5: um, yeah, half half Armenian and uh, dad's
4: side. And I think your taste in women is excellent. Yes, that's yes. what I. Dad thought. was yeah. just like, I feel that whole thing. Well, it's- not Armenian. Have to sell, sell, sell. <laughs> right? Oh
0: yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, she's even told me. She's like, I always thought I would uh, marry an Armenian man. And that that's what she would say. Uh, her parents, uh, their parents, uh, fled to Syria, and then her dad and mom mm. ended up coming over separately, not not together. They didn't know each other in the 1960s and uh, went to Fresno. But I've always, I, you know, the IAN, wow. the last name, ends up giving it away. But in the Midwest, yeah. there's not, like, Racine, Wisconsin's got this Armenian community. Sure. Like, I don't know what it's like in Chi-Town, but you know, where I'm from, it's just not a lot of Armenians. That's why I just thought it was interesting with Church being a Twin Cities guy.
5: No, I mean not Racine is not exactly the hub. Fresno's the hub. I mean in Fresno you can just yeah. assume
0: that everybody's
5: <laughs> Armenian. Sure. It's that is uh, it is it's basically
0: uh Yerevan West. But yes, but Fresno's not in the Midwest. Whereas like if no, R- like Rac- Racine would be like a spot in the Midwest where there's a Well, bunch but place. now
4: with the Big 10 it kind of <laughs> Yes. yes. <laughs> right. Big 10 country. Good point. Fresno State will be in the Big 10 in no time.
0: Uh, all right. There's your Armenian lesson for the day, Harmon. You can use that.
4: I, I, I dig it. I appreciate it. Look, we always want to know where people come from in our lives. Uh, helps inform. And, and when they you know, have something that either vexes us or really impresses us, you really want to know where that comes from. And so with, with Paul Churchin knowing him for for two decades, a tireless proponent of fantasy sports from a legal side and from a, hey, how do we change it and adapt it? Which is one of the things that church, you know, that the admiration society has always been this guy's always looking as to what's next as opposed to just what is. So I appreciate that in, in you all the way going back in the day, trying to rally people around the cause. Well, thank you. It
5: was very nice of you to say. And Mike's been a fixture in the fantasy industry as well, and excited to see all the success and everything that's uh, come along national, uh, national shows and everything else that's gone for Mike has been fantastic to follow that journey. And, and Dan, I like you too. <laughs>
0: that's all right.
4: <laughs> I, I have no problem playing second
0: fiddle. I'm, now, I'm, well, I'm all so good let's with go that.
4: back to the origin. You know, Paul, you know, getting out of college and trying to figure out the path. And eventually, a long, dedicated run in fantasy. But you know, where was the holding pattern before then?
5: Well, uh, you know, I don't want to bore people too much with my story. No, please do.
4: Was, I'm interested. I'm, I want to hear it.
5: This back in the early '90s, and I'm uh, I'm just out of college. And if you can imagine, there was a day when there was not a single word published about fantasy football. Outside of the preseason magazines that were published in you know like May, and they'd hit the newsstands in June, July, August, and then there was nothing written. And myself and uh, a few others decided to start a weekly magazine, uh, in-season weekly magazine devoted to fantasy football, and and that was um, we were doing the first in-season content, and we had to figure out like what people wanted to know, and you know well, how do you fill thirty-six pages every week on fantasy football, and. Yeah, that was uh, that was the start. It was a magazine way back, way back then in the uh, early '90s that eventually led to uh, a website called fanball.com.
4: No, yeah, but what was paying the bills when you started producing that uh, weekly magazine? Oh yeah, that my that was my day job. Path. Was paying the
5: bills, and you know, I was a I was a computer network administrator, and and eventually three years into the magazine, the magazine can, is just turning like net positive barely. And I had to make a decision to, to get, stay at my $60,000-a-year network administrator job or take the $18,000-a-year publisher of Fantasy Football Weekly job. And, you know, the rest is history.
0: Yeah, I, the the right choice was was absolutely made. Uh, early, early on when you're trying to make that that magazine and you're doing it week in and week out, Harmon and I will do this at times, but... Are there early 90s names or scenarios or breakdowns that you remember? And, and I told the guys in our last podcast, like, remember, I had a story to tell, and I'll just quickly tell it. Uh, growing up in Wisconsin, would go to a Packer game once a year, ended up being at Favre's first game when they played the Cincinnati Bengals. Wow. And But that whole game, I was tracking Harold Green stats because I had him on my fantasy team. And so you figured when they would have – and they only had Bengals team rushing, but he carried the ball all the time for them. So I was like, all right, I knew how many yards Harold Green had in that 1992 yeah. game. Are there scenarios, players, situations like that that you can remember from like 30 years ago?
5: Well, I got a great story that, that I think you guys will especially appreciate. So – um, you know, In this time frame, early 90s, of course, nobody's fantasy league was automated. We were all keeping track of it on, like, Lotus 1-2-3 and <laughs> stuff like that. And, you know, faxing and mail, physically mailing updates around to the league. And Sundays, you, you couldn't get all the stats. Mm-hmm. So you'd want to, like, you know, okay, I could sort of figure out so through some highlights what most of the touchdowns were, but I don't know all the touchdowns. I don't know any of the field goal lengths you know and all the other things right so you you don't know that stuff we had a show on KFAN sunday nights where we read the box score of all of the games cuz we had it off the AP wire <laughs> so we read the box scores on sunday nights to a 20 share audience that would get out their cassette player and they'd record us reading the box scores so then they could go back you like guy by guy by guy and <laughs> hand enter all the stats so they could score their league on Sunday night instead of having to wait for the paper to show up on Monday
0: morning. That is amazing. Well, that's brilliant.
4: Oh. Uh, for those, I got to give the history lesson though. Harold Green, second round pick out of South Carolina in that 1992 season, had nearly 1,400 total is a great yards. Great wow. One year where he had 1,170 rushing yards by far a career high. Still allergic to the painted grass, finding the end zone just twice. That's- <laughs>
0: <laughs> we gave we gave hundred yard bonuses in that game, and I think he was close. He was like at 97, I think, or 100 yards. In that I'm sure we could look up the game log at at some point but uh, that 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 is such the common theme though isn't it is not having to wait until Monday I wish I would have I wish I would have known I would have turned the dial I probably could have gotten the signal in North Central Wisconsin <laughs> you probably, instead you I'm watching yes. primetime hoping for one of the stats of maybe yes. one of the players popping up with Berman and TJ
5: Exactly you were just you were exactly you would watch primetime and you would just hope that they accounted for every touchdown in the highlights, yeah, and, and you know, and a lot of the times it just didn't, and you were stuck. And if there ever was even any mention of fantasy, it was always like the sneering, dismissive mentions of fantasy, you know, from people who obviously didn't play and thought thought lesser of it. You know, now ESPN's fantasy football page is the second; the fantasy homepage is the draws the second most traffic after the ESPN.com homepage. So, wow. you know, fantasy football you know runs ESPN now in many ways. And, you know, it's
4: it's changed so much. Harold Green did have 101 yards in that game. I knew it was close. <laughs> I knew it was so, close. You know, I, I had to get it in just to uh, – because we uh, like to tie bows and not leave cliffhangers because, you know, it, it is a self-contained kind of apparatus here. All right, so you've got the the magazine rolling – and you're you're churning out content. You mentioned Fanball quickly for those that uh, well were involved in the interwebs back in the day. Because let's face it, there's been a lot of iterations of these companies. Church and you know kind yeah. of um, like we we're looking at for streaming services and other things. Where's the consolidation happen?
0: We were a so, customer. Our yeah, our league was yeah. a customer for a while.
4: Awesome. All right. See
5: there yeah, you we go. You he help pay your eighteen thousand dollars a product year. Um, early on when there weren't really a lot of commissioner products. And I'm, I'm very proud of some of the things that we, we had, like we had blind bidding uh, before anybody else had blind bidding. And we had some special stuff in our commissioner program. But what happened guys was it gets to be uh, 2005 and major league baseball sues every operator, every fantasy operator wow. saying they owned all the stats to their players. And then major league football and, uh, National Football League and all the other sports then came on with the lawsuits. And they tried to say that they owned all the player stats. And we, you know, we were a tiny industry at the time, the fantasy industry, and we thought we were going to get killed. And so we ended up selling fanball, not for like pennies on the dollar, but, you know, we sold it at a time where we didn't even just know if there was going to be any viable way to be a fantasy operator. And so, yeah, we ended up selling fanball in uh, 2005. Uh, really just out of fear that we we're all going to get put out of business.
0: Wow. that's. I, we, As I said, we were a customer. Now you have the timeline, and I think we started our league in the ESPN site around 08, 09. So, it, you know, mm. maybe we used yeah. it at a, at a different site.
6: There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables.
7: Terms and conditions apply.
0: Paul Charchian joining us here on the I Want Your Flex podcast. Get him on Twitter at Paul Charchian. Find Mike, of course, at Swollen Dome. And hopefully you'll find me soon at Dan Beyer on Fox. I want to jump into some present-day stuff because Harmon, uh, you know, gave me the heads up. And obviously, you know, know what you've got going on, Charch, and follow you on Twitter. But the whole guillotine league thing, how, how do you come up with a format of you know like this and if you want to use this as the example but it is so unique and it is something that mike and i we you know we would do our podcast and we'd mention it and we'd try to do normal stuff but then we'd talk 15 minutes off the air about what was was going on with our guillotine leagues because it is addicting (laughs) i'm not trying to sound like an infomercial but when you it's pretty amazing when you hit on something like this how did this come about how did this work out and how do you make it work
5: well, so the, the, the game team league works a little bit differently. It's season-long, but there's no head-to-head. And you start with 18 teams because there's 18 weeks of the season. And every week, the lowest-scoring team gets cut from, from, from the league forever, and all their players go to the waiver wire. And then all the remaining teams get to bid on those players. And the strategy and the uniqueness and the anxiety is all is all totally different from any other way that you've ever played. You know, because your ass is on the line every single week, man, the sweat is real. It's like being in the playoffs every week. Yeah. When you could be one and done. The anxiety level is way, way higher. And then the strategy, you're not playing to win. You're playing to not lose. Every week, I just need to not be the lowest-scoring team. I just need to hang on. And when it's Monday, you're rolling into Monday Night football, and you need four catches from your tight end for 40 yards for those eight points. And, you know, or else you're cut. The sweat is massive in it. And then bidding on all the, the, the free agents when a whole team's free agents instead of a you know, whole roster hits the waiver wire. It's just total pandemonium when, you know, Delvin Cook and Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes and, you know, it's just uh, all these players yeah. hit the waiver wire. And you're like, what am I supposed to do with that? I have no experience for a situation like this.
4: Yeah, last year in, in one of the guillotine leagues I was in, um I bid aggressively in week one, and you know what, I won every bid, charge, which meant as the season went on and I survived to week nine, week ten, I had no money. Uh which means yeah. I, I started having the attrition no. on my squad and away I went. So But the, you made the form- but by the
0: way, Harmon, you made it to the final four, right?
4: Yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah. So yeah, sur- survival, but it was just a you know you're limping along and stressing a little more, as, as Paul said, Dan the uh, you know the sweating it out and and all of those is like you know if I well, didn't spend so much on that not, guy back it's in not week an, one,
5: yeah, not an invalid strategy to spend money early. Like you know if Dalvin Cook hits the waiver wire in week one, you know you roll into week two, you've got Dalvin Cook, you could start him 16 more times if he plays stays healthy, you know. So it's not it's not like that strategy can't work, but. Every week that goes on, better and better teams are getting cut. And by October, November, the teams that are getting cut are superstar rosters. And you need—you really want to have a little bit of money left so you can cash in on those
7: players.
4: Charts was part of the uh, genesis of this. You were in leagues with guys that weren't playing anymore in the final six weeks. So you said, I'd rather have them get eliminated <laughs> than waste, waste my time <laughs> on players I can't get to. I would
5: like to be able to tell you that I invented the concept, but it was a Twitter follower. And, Dan, you know, Twitter is this so- online social thing where you get to interact with <laughs> a bunch of different people. And sometimes they give you good ideas, and they actually help your life. Um, so, yeah, this guy just offhandedly mentioned this format. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is really cool. So I tried it for one year just on the side with friends. I'm like, this- I stopped caring about my other leagues. They're like, all right, got to go commercialize this. So then I went out and just built a whole site around Guillotine Leagues. I named it Guillotine Leagues. I built a whole site around it, and now I'm just trying to popularize it.
4: Did you chip off uh, a dollar or two to this guy, or did you just change the uh, name? And just, like, beat it? <laughs> I've, I took him out to lunch.
5: <laughs> okay, well. <laughs> someday, I'll prob- I'll, someday I'll try to do something a little nicer for him. Maybe someday down the road and we, we sell it for a fat profit.
0: That's, uh, you know, it, it's amazing on how it works. I have certain ideas and certain games that you play, you know, and stuff like that, To but to come up with something so new and to see how everybody is, uh, you know, just – into it and you're absolutely right i got into it i did a super chop league i didn't do the regular I did a super chop oh, okay And made it yeah. to the made it to the final but you know lost and before the redraft uh you know two-thirds ah, throughout the way but still, still
5: a good run yeah that's yeah still a good run you made it like 11 weeks so that's yeah
0: great. yeah no exactly right i needed the 10 catches from alvin Kamara on monday night football like that scenario you point out you know i needed yeah. every single one of them it's it, it is it is absolutely absolutely true
6: there's no distance too far for the perfect trip <laughs>
0: Paul Charchian joining us here on the, I want your flex podcast. You mentioned ESPN before because of where your grassroots come, this industry, you talked about how big it is. Is there any uh, envy, angst, jealousy in that portion of it? Or can you just embrace it all because of, of how you started at the beginning with this, with the fantasy stuff?
5: That's a really great question. And one that really not many people have ever asked me about. Um, because I was doing it when like nobody was doing it, and we were all nerds, and everybody thought that we were playing D anD D with sports, and we had twenty sided dice in our pockets. I'm just happy to see like the normalization of it, right? You know, we're not all shut-ins living in our mom's basements, right? You know, this is you know They're... we are normal people who love sports and just want to be super yeah. fans, and you know, I'm just I'm just delighted that now. You know, guys like Matthew Barry have you know brought it to a national audience, and it's um, yeah. I'm just I'm just really happy to see it all normalized, you now know, and that people can just you know be <laughs> they've been outed, right? We can now we can just admit to be fantasy sports players.
0: You know what I attest it or d- compare it to? It's your your favorite band that nobody knows. You want them to get more recognition, and then yeah. they become huge, and you're like idiots. I've been following for thirty years. You know, like you get to brag about that. Yeah, yeah. Like you, you get to brag yeah. about it, but then you're like, I'm in, you know, I'm at a stadium show now with seventy thousand people, and I knew these guys when they were playing seventy, you know, seat bars on, you know, in downtown right. Minneapolis. Right. Like it is that it is that mix of like, all right, yeah, it's awesome, but you know, like, is it really all awesome? So, I, yeah, I was I was curious about that because it has become so big.
5: Yeah, we've got a we've got a venue here, a music venue here in the Twin Cities. Uh, called First Avenue. And First Avenue, is, it holds about 1,000. Sure. And then they also have a little sub, a little sub club next to it that holds about 250. And up on the side of First Avenue, they've got all these stars painted on the side of the building where they show all the people who played there at least once. But the biggie in town is Adele, who played to a half-full room before she, you know, you know, when she was obviously at the very beginning of her career and now in town, there's it feels like there's like 10,000 people that claim to have been at that show in a venue that was only half full at the time with maybe 500 people. Wow.
4: Uh, well, that's just it. Everybody claims to have been to all these big events. It's like the line out of the uh, movie Chicago. Hey, I was there the night it all went down. It's like, yeah, you and half yeah. of Chicago, uh, <laughs> right, right. But, <laughs> but now everybody's trying to, uh, you know, sell off their firstborn. Uh, Dan, you can get in line with us uh, with the uh, Adele and her uh, shows in <laughs> Vegas because, well, that's what it's going to take, or a lot of. Uh, selling a blood or something else. Uh <laughs> Paul <Church> in <laughs> with us here uh, on the High Watcher for Lex podcast. So gu- guillotine you have gone to next level, you got zombie guillotine. Conceptually. Zombie mode. Yeah, you know, mode, what's, yeah, what's you the, know what's I don't know next? if either of you
5: are video game players, but you know, many video games now have got a zombie mode. We've created a zombie mode where instead of getting chopped and your season ends, you become part of a zombie horde that continues to play. You still, lose all your, you still lose all your players, but you keep half your FAB, and you can then start bidding on players and getting players back. And if the zombie horde can take down one of the surviving players, that other half of the FAB gets spread among all the zombies, and they keep getting more FAB, and their ranks keep growing, and the zombie horde's goal is to take out every human, and the human's goal is to get to the end of the season and still stay a human. And so it's a way to keep playing all eighteen weeks. If you want to, if you want that kind of format,
0: where can, where can they get this all? Website guillotineleagues Everything's Guillotine there. for
5: them? That's it. Super. And easy. you can well, listen to so his Walking, Walking Dead podcast easy. after. It's yeah. It's sort of like turned into like a gatekeeping question. You know, to make sure you're not. Too dumb you have to be able to spell guillotine or get close enough that Google can find <laughs> and then you know so we you know we, we keep out the riff riffraff that
0: way uh he's paul charchian uh last one for me i actually feel guilty because we actually never talk anything about the 2022 nfl season that's coming up <laughs> um, I'll, I'll just i'll do it like this is there a player that you love and a player that you loathe uh entering the season
5: yeah, the player I loathe is Cam Akers. From a fantasy standpoint, I'm sure he's a great guy. Don't get me wrong, and I'm not, and I'm rooting for a player trying to come back from an Achilles. But history of the NFL, no running back has come back from an Achilles injury to have a meaningful, even one season. The closest we've come is Donta Foreman with like 500 yards. I mean, it, the drop off is severe, and it's a debilitating injury. For that position, and where Cam Akers is going right now, he's got a he's got a late third, early fourth round average draft position. People want him because he's the starting running back for the Rams. But there's I got a hundred years of history, and the injury just hasn't changed. Like say ACLs have that that Achilles injury is just devastating, and I don't want to invest in the in the hope that he's gonna be the first guy. To come back and play meaningful reps, so yeah, that's my that's the guy that I'm 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 staying away from in every league is Cam Akers, and if there's one guy that I'm targeting and I've got higher than virtually everybody, it's Ceedee Lamb, who I think has a great chance to lead the NFL in targets. You know, now that Amari Cooper is gone, um, James Washington just got hurt, yeah, and and uh, Michael Gallup's trying to come back from an ACL. I mean, that, they are going to pound balls into C.D. Lamb. And I just see so many targets and so much productivity coming from that kid. I I love him. I've got him in my top five at the wide receiver position.
4: Yeah, the very quick uh, addendum for me on the acres. I, I think load management comes to uh, fantasy football here uh, and to the NFL <laughs> on a whole other level because they don't need him to be good until December. Yeah. So I, yeah, I don't, you may be I don't right think about you pound that. the rock with him for the first half of the year regardless. I'll yep,
5: and you can get you can get Henderson, who might be a split time. You can get Henderson part of that load management team. I, he'll cost you a twelfth round pick, not a late third round
0: pick. I'll steal the Doug Gottlieb line that he used on the network this week. I love lamb
4: not lamp but i love lamb well, lamb love is it. delicious all I right last one for me uh, Church. real quick uh you're minnesota man uh and you know i see the the battle you wage on a weekly basis in support of captain kirk cousins mike zimmer's gone uh Devontae adams left the packers and so all of a sudden everybody's starting to jump on board the vikings how do you feel about that I think it's. I hate being like the hometown optimist because every time you hear that
5: on radio, I, I always roll my eyes. But I will just explain the reasons for the optimism. Everything was so broken under Mike Zimmer. You know when when they went to the NFC Championship game, lost in that next season. Now three seasons ago was really bad. He became distant and even more gruff and difficult to work with. No communication among players. He and Kirk Cousins like literally never spoke. I mean how weird is that and he was a bitter old man and the offensive philosophy you know he had he had a different offensive coordinator every single year of his regime there was no stability and this team has got a ton of personnel talent more than the packers have got um and so the feeling here is the reason for optimism among many is we have what we hope is going to be a very good young coach in kevin o'connell who's an excellent communicator and collaborator and, um, and we've got so, much, so many players that have played under their potential that if those guys just play to where they can be, that that should, that should be enough right there by itself to make the Vikings contenders in a, in a season in which the Packers feel unusually vulnerable.
0: Church, we know it's probably not the normal fantasy conversation you have this time of year, but we, uh, we enjoyed the last 30 minutes or so. It was a lot of fun.
5: I've had a great time.
0: Paul, Thanks so much for having me on, guys. Paul Charchian. Yeah, one of the best. Two time Hall of Famer. And, uh, right. you know, we were talking that we got to have Charch on more often. The next time we do, uh, maybe we'll play a game of real store or fake store in the Mall of America. How about that, yeah. Charch? <laughs> I was there on and, I- oh, at,
5: You're forgetting the other game? The other game is. How many of them are there in the Mall of America? Like <laughs> yes. game stops. There's, I'm gonna set it at two oh, and a half. So yeah. you take it the over or the under.
0: There's like eight lids. I mean, seriously. Yes. It's <laughs> crazy. All right, Charge. Appreciate yeah. it. Thanks, man.
5: Thank you. Bye bye. All right. It's hey,
0: Paul Charchian. Harmon, that was fun. We love having Charge on. Love the conversation. And we're, I mean, basically, we're three Midwest guys. You're from the south side of Chicago, Charge from the Twin Cities. I mentioned I'm from north central Wisconsin. So we kind of have this Bermuda triangle of fantasy love that we were able to get together.
4: Ah, fantastic stuff. Learning about neighborhoods, Armenian culture, and history, uh, and, and all of that good stuff. You know, we're not a one stop shop. I'm, and, you know, fantasy only. I mean, there's a lot inside this store just like the Mall of America.
0: <laughs> uh, get Harmon on Twitter at Swollen Dome again at Dan Byer on Fox when it's actually working. A big thanks to Paul Charchian. Big thanks to our executive producer Ryan Bershinger. And now in our future episodes we're going to start getting into the nitty gritty. We're getting you prepped for your drafts. We're getting you prepped for your positions. All of that is coming up. So for Mike Harmon and our executive producer Ryan Bershinger, I'm Dan Byer. It's been another episode of the I Want Your Flex podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again soon.
6: and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
1: Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real Steel. Offer valid on Select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
6: You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack